Welcome to the Cross Current Radio Show, your spiritual speaker's corner, broadcast and podcast. The culture is confused about Easter. What could chocolate bunnies and painted eggs possibly have to do with the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ? What's so good about Good Friday? In this series, our outreach radio team is keeping the cross current by taking the time to go, tell and broadcast real-time street conversations with everyday people in the hope that all who hear the good news will come to believe. Please also make sure to keep listening until the very end of each episode as TCC radio host Corey McKenna helps us to see the role that we each play among the cast of characters in the most scandalous execution in human history and the life and death decision we all must face as a result. And with that in mind, let's get this show on the road. In the studio and on the street with the Cross Current Radio Show. All right, well, this is Corey, and welcome to TCC Radio. I am talking with my new friend, uh, Mark. So basically, we are a, a spiritual speaker's corner, a broadcast and podcast, and we're talking with people about Easter, the concept of Easter. And would you would you um, would you say that you are a religious man? Are you someone who's uh, subscribes to any specific religion, or what? What sort of your persuasion there, Mark? Nope, I don't subscribe to any particular religion. I do um, incorporate different values from different ideas that meet my own. I would say I'm spiritual, but not religious. Okay, spiritual but not religious. Okay, good. So again, we're chatting with people about Easter. Um, do you uh, personally, Mark, celebrate Easter? I can't say I celebrate Easter. I recognize it. I might have a family get together. That would be about it. So, how would you how would you describe um, what Easter means to you personally? Even with a family get together or setting aside a little bit of time, uh, what uh, what what does it mean to you personally? Yeah, it doesn't have really a lot of meaning other than to maybe have a, a meal with family. Um, it has no real. It doesn't really have a spiritual significance for me. Okay, that's honest. Okay, now um, obviously you're familiar with uh, with, with Good Friday. Um, Good Friday uh, is actually a, a nationwide statutory holiday in Canada. I don't know if you knew that or not, but sort of the point here. At some point in history, uh, someone thought that Good Friday was uh, important enough to take a day off to sort of think about it, or at least to give people time off. Do you know what the holiday actually commemorates? Now, I'm not being silly here. We live in a culture that, believe it or not, a very, uh, a very sort of uh, a post-Christian culture. Some would say anti, and a lot of folks don't know what, I'm, what I've just asked you. So I'm just asking you personally, Mark, maybe you've had some experience, uh, do you know what uh, the holiday of Easter actually commemorates? Well, from my knowledge that um, Good Friday is the day that Jesus was crucified, he was sacrificed. Often Christians say that he died on the cross for our sins so that somehow mankind would have a path to their own redemption for their sins. And then Sunday was the resurrection. Wow, yeah, and that's, to be honest, that's a very comprehensive response. A lot of people say, yeah, I think I know what that's about. My next question was, do you know what crucifixion is? And you've just described that as well. Obviously, it's it's uh, it's death on the cross, or on a cross. Uh, Roman crucifixion, you probably know historically, was one of the most brutal forms of capital punishment known to, to, to mankind. Now, if that's the case, if crucifixion is about death on a cross, 
I mean, we call the day Good Friday. What's so good <laughs> about Good Friday if it's about someone's death on a cross? What's your thought there, Mark? Well, from the Christian perspective, the thing that is good, it does provide that path for people who believe they have sinned to resolve themselves of sin and thereby be able to be enter the kingdom of God of heaven. It was a path that was given by God through the incarnation of Jesus. That's the understanding of me within the religious system. Okay. Yeah. So, so now, in, in terms of the idea of good, just the very concept of good, um, if you look at yourself, I look at myself, obviously we're, we're standing in a place, there's people all around us every day. Um, do you believe yourself, Mark, to be a, a good person? I consider myself to be a very good person, actually. A very good person, okay. Um, do you believe that you'd be a good enough person uh, to go to heaven? Say I don't believe in the constructs of heaven and hell. Oh, the construct. Okay, so you would say that you totally deny the existence. Do you believe in, in, in any form of type of afterlife in your thinking? I still puzzle that question. I don't really have a concept of an afterlife. I do think that there are more things, like Shakespeare said, uh, there are more things in heaven and earth than are dreamt of in even my philosophy. Who knows where we go from here? I don't have all the answers, right? Now, in terms of, in terms of heaven, hell, and um, just breaching that subject a little bit, um, you said that you uh, don't believe in those concepts. Now, if I was to respond to you, and you seem like a, you seem like a very kind guy, I don't think you're going to pop me in the nose, but if I was to say to you, that's that's not at all what the Bible says. The Bible actually says very specifically that there there are one or two destinations. One is heaven uh, for those uh, those who uh, who are in Christ, and those who are not, there's another destination called hell. That's what the Bible teaches. What would you say to that? How is your response to that? Well, you bring up very philosophical questions, right? For me, all spiritual concepts are tacit. Tacit is a concept I learned through my Taoist studies that only through direct experience can we understand truth and what is the truth of our existence, right? I will give you a very strange notion, though. Even though I don't actually believe in God, I do have experiences of God. So because I have tacit experiences. And that's a very difficult thing for other not people who haven't thought along these lines to perhaps consider. Well, how can you not believe in God and yet you have these spiritual experiences that suggest something? And I, I still don't understand that myself. Okay. Mark, you're being very honest. Have you, uh, have you read the Bible? I've read parts of it, to be honest. Every time I read it, two things kind of happen. I get either kind of confused because some of the ideas just don't make sense. They don't jive with my own system of values. And sometimes I get a little bit angry when I do read it and, and so everybody has different systems of values right right our self-identity is based on our belief systems right I recognize other people's belief systems I do not disrespect them right I know they come inherently from your own integrity you have made uh, developed beliefs that come from your integrity as the person you are I feel if those are true and aligned it is a good system I would hope people recognize that within myself. And the interesting thing that I see in all valid belief systems that are healthy, for want of a better name, they all speak of love and compassion for self and others. So that commonality exists in Christian, um, Muslim, Buddhism, even Taoism. All these, that's such a simple system. How can it be wrong? Um, Mark, you're obviously a very thoughtful guy, and I'm not just throwing out a, a, a sort of a hollow remark there. Um, uh, you sound well-studied, you're well-spoken, uh, you've obviously read a lot. Um, and and in, in discussing concepts like you, you've thrown out the words like uh, truth, 
uh, true true for you and and, and this must be true if it it relates to this, that and the other. Uh, You've talked about concepts of right and wrong. Uh, You've talked about, um, uh, we talked about good a little bit. My question is, um, in terms of the idea of even good, if you don't start with God, and specifically with what, how God reveals himself in his word, my question is, is what, how do you even understand or define what good is apart from God? Uh, what, is, what is good if you don't start with God? I think you just kind of know what is good. You certainly know what's not good. I mean, causing harm or suffering to another person or even another in- living entity. How can that possibly be good, right? There's a really great book that I read. It was written by a Christian psychiatrist called um, People of the Lie. It's called, it was an um, exploration of human evil, and he t- tried to define it in um, psychological terms. And his, his, uh, the crux, I think, of his argument was that human evil is based in autism. And autism is the disconnection of self from others, the inability to understand that we're doing hurtful things to others, having no empathy, being without love and compassion. Those, to disconnect from that, we're going down a dark path. The opposite path is to connect with that, much as you and I are doing right now. We are connecting, we are, we are exchanging information. This is connection. And if it's authentic connection, it would feel good, right? So that's how I define those concepts within the human realm. Now, as someone who's, uh, do you say Taoism? Is this this what? Taoism. Taoism, I'm sorry, okay. Um, So in terms of Taoism, are you someone who subscribes more to an Eastern philosophical system of religious thought? Yeah, very much so. I read um, ideas in Buddhist, uh, Taoist, Sufism, which is the mystical offsect from Islam. Um, You know, I... Just to show you just slightly how different my perception is, I mentioned to you my experiences about ideas about Christianity. I also speak to Muslims people, and Muslims within Muslims they have the concept of Allah's stamp being upon our hearts. And I said, Allah's stamp is upon my heart because I do believe that love and compassion for others is a good way to go. It's the same message. It's the same message within Christianity. It's the same message within me. If the message is true, everything else takes care of itself, right? So then, Mark, are you, um, if I can just share for, for a minute, the, the true message of Christianity as it pertains to uh, life, the afterlife, and, and really life as we know it, because the Bible actually says that our life is hidden in Christ. You've been on the street with the Cross Current Radio Show. We'll get you back for the conclusion of the conversation in a few. But first, here's how you can partner in the gospel with us. Canada needs Christ. Will you prayerfully give to our great mission of airing and sharing? Airing, this outreach radio show further across Canada and equipping more churches in Canada to share Christ? If so, go to thecrosscurrent.com give and choose the giving option that's best for you. We thank God for you and your partnership in His gospel. Um, so maybe you've heard this before. What it actually talks about is the fact that in terms of human goodness, um, the Bible says that, that we, we were all born in a condition of sinfulness called original sin. And uh, in David says, in sin did my mother conceive me. Um, 
So we're born sinful, but then because of our fallen nature, we also choose to sin. So not only are we born that way, but we've made sinful choices. And I've done that and you have too. And uh, the Bible actually says everyone does know God exists. And what we do is we, we suppress the truth we're given of God. God reveals himself through, the, through creation uh, via your conscience. I can hear you're a moral man. Conscience means with knowledge. Con means with. Science means knowledge. We are with knowledge by God's divine design. We've been wired to know right from wrong. But what we do is we go against our conscience. Yet we lie, we steal. God has given us uh, commandments and laws that we, we go against fully and we rebel against the God we do know exists. We sin against him. And because he's just as we are just, his justice is perfect though. The Bible actually says, Jesus says, be perfect as your heavenly Father's perfect. My one problem with that, Mark, is I'm not. <laughs> I'm very flawed. And, and the, the problem is, is because I'm not perfect and God is, we now have a, have, have a huge problem because God is so good and so perfect that he must and will punish sin wherever it's found. And the Bible says God will punish people's sin um, in a place called hell, which is horrible. I mean, the reality of that alone should drive me to chat with everyone I can if I truly believe that to be true and if that is true. And if that was the end of the story, then we've all sinned. We've fallen short of God's standard of goodness, His glory. We're deserving of His, of His, of His, of His wrath and His judgment. But God, in in love and in mercy, not only is He is He just and good and holy, but He's He's kind. He's merciful. Uh, he's loving. And in His great love, He steps into this world in the person of Jesus Christ, fully God and fully man. He lives a perfect life. Jesus does. He goes to the cross at Easter, at Good Friday, gives His life as a payment. As you sort of alluded to, he dies on that cross. He says, it is finished. So after taking on the, the wrath, the justice, the anger of his own father, he says, it is finished means paid in full. I broke the law. Jesus paid my fine in full. He dies my death. That's the requirement of, of payment for sin. Uh, the soul that sins will die without the shedding of blood. There's no forgiveness. Jesus dies, comes back from the dead three days later on, on what we call Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. And now he's calling people everywhere to turn away from their sin, to repent of their sin, and put their faith in Jesus as the object of their faith. He, he is their life. Their life, as I said earlier, is hidden with Christ. So that's the Christian gospel. And that is to say that all those who are not in Christ have not had their sins atoned for, have not had their sins forgiven. Therefore, when they stand before God in judgment, they have to pay for their sins themselves. And that's it. That's why it says in the Bible, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Now, I say all that just to kind of come back to something you said earlier that was very insightful, but I want to sort of ask you about. You said basically that, that if all these beliefs basically point to the same general thing, and usually that, that boils down in people's minds to a golden rule, do unto others. And Jesus did say do unto others. But you can, you can understand that if you have one paradigm about the afterlife that says, you know, I just live a good life and I treat people kindly and, and I do good things, and then... Uh, I earn cosmic favor, whoever you want to phrase it. But then the Bible says, no, there's no one good, not one. We've all, we've all blown it. We've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Uh, and without his forgiveness in Christ, we perish on the day of wrath. Those, those can't both be true. You would agree with that? Wow. I mean, you do bring up... First off, I just have to say one thing. I don't believe in the concept of original sin. I mean, we're all born into this world as children. We're effectively blank slates. We grow up and we try, and hopefully we grow into good, healthy human beings. So I don't really believe 
in the concept of I think that that line of thinking it seems like a shame-based construct right so would you say though that I'm wrong for holding that belief no you're not wrong your beliefs are part of who you are they're part of your authenticity Corey but do you believe in right and wrong of course I do Okay, so so if you believe one thing, and I don't, this this is sort of what I'm trying to understand. And again, you've been you've been so kind to, to chat. Um, by the the Bible's authority, if you don't embrace what I've just shared with you, you perish. That's what it says. Are you saying the Bible's wrong then? No, I'm not saying the Bible. I'm saying people develop their belief systems, and if their belief system is a good belief system, it works for them. If my system is a good belief system, it works for me. Right? Like it's probably just as it's inconceivable for you to believe in a belief system that doesn't have a God, right? So um, who or what is your ultimate authority for, 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 all, for all things true and, and, and real and, and even for knowledge, even the very, the very fact that, that you reason and, um, and you're, you know, again, discussing concept of truth and logic? Because my, my understanding, according to Eastern philosophies, knowledge comes from without and within. That's what I've been told. And, and again, there's a couple quotes here that, that I've written down um, from Buddha. Uh, Find out for yourself what is truth, what is real. Mm-hmm. And he, this is Brahman, is knowledge. He is situated in everyone's heart. Do you believe that? He is situated? Hmm. I, I tend to look within without myself. I mean, I said to another friend, and this I don't mean this to sound arrogant, but it perhaps will sound arrogant. Your belief system, God is an external entity. In my system, God is actually an internal entity. Right. Does that make any sense? No, I, it makes perfect sense. So, so usually followers of Eastern philosophies believe that all knowledge is gained through personal experience as taught by their respective sages, deities, right? So if that's true, if you gain knowledge, Mark, through, um, through personal experience, how do you reconcile the validity of your personal experiences with your fallibility, meaning using your experiences to validate your experiences is known as circular reasoning. In other words, you're, you're using your experiences to validate your experiences. Is that not circular? It's only circular if the system stays rigid. If you're continuously growing, as I believe I am, you're constantly reevaluating, searching for the meaning of who we are. What is it to be human? What is it to be a caring person? What is it to define our moral identity? Right? So are you using, using your experience to define those things? Yes. Is right. that not still circular, though? How do you get out of that cycle? Well, I mean, I can make the same argument of your system. I mean, um, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way. Why do you believe in a book? Yeah, that's a great question. And the, the ultimate answer is, as God has told me, it's true. right? But according I mean, to Christianity... It's circular, isn't it? Uh, well, God not not exactly. Yeah, yep, let me explain that. Yeah, according to Christianity, the God of the Bible is the source of all knowledge. So here's what we believe. There's a difference between viciously circular and what's called virtuously circular. Everyone's got an ultimate starting point, an ultimate authority. We all do. Everyone has, whether it's myself or whether it's, as as Scripture teaches, as God. But coming coming back to um, to what, what I said earlier, though, about wrong, you do believe in wrong. So, but if I believe Disva- that's if I believe that's right, if I be- uh, disvaluing you as a human being, I don't perceive that as being a good thing. But if if I believe what you've just said is right, am I wrong for disagreeing with you? That's your question. You're going to have to answer for yourself, Corey. So who decides in the end? So if you and I, if there's a disagreement, Corey, but I decide. So I decide. decide. Okay. 
because here, here's, here's sort of the, the, the summary of all that, Mark, and what the Christian worldview actually teaches is that God, as our creator, a loving creator, need to say that, God, God has claims over his creation, because he's created us, we're made in his image and likeness, uh, we are moral people. Uh, we understand love. We understand reasoning and logic. I'm not for a second saying you're I illogical or you're unreasonable or you're unloving. But what it comes down to is apart from God, the Bible actually teaches that, that uh, it says in John 17, 17, sanctify them in the truth, your word is truth. It says of God, righteousness and justice are the foundations of your throne. Jesus said that uh, only God alone is, is good, and he means moral perfection and thought and word and action. So what the Christian worldview teaches is that apart from God, we can't even account for those things because we're made moral, God is moral, we can account as Christians for logic, for, for knowledge, for, for, for morality and all these things. The difficulty is, and what it says is that those who live in such a way that they're moral, and I'm sure you do, you seem like a very kind man. The difficulty is, is what people really do is they reject the very source of all those things in rejecting God, but they live in such a way that's inconsistent with that rejection because they, they suppress the truth and unrighteousness. What actually says in the scripture, it says that, that God has revealed himself to all people through creation and by their conscience. But what we do is we suppress the truth of God through various forms of unrighteousness. That's why it's incumbent upon the Christian to go and share the good news of Jesus Christ. Because what he promises that's so amazing is when we experience eternal life, which is actually knowing God, the Father, and knowing the Son, he promises that not only does he redeem our soul for eternity, which is a wonderful, gracious, and glorious thing, he redeems my reasoning now whereby I won't say things like, what's true for you might not be true for me. And then we, or even worse, people say, I don't believe in truth. Well, is, is that true that you don't believe in truth? And of course, we get into a circular again, because the reason it's, it's viciously circular, because if I'm validating my own experiences, my own truth claims, my own knowledge claims within myself, not from within, from not, not from without, I don't have all knowledge. Only one has all knowledge, and that's God. God has all knowledge. So the reason that the Christian worldview is comprehensive and cohesive is because my knowledge comes from revelation of God through his word, by his spirit. Hi, I'm Corey McKenna, president of The Cross Current. Will you help hear H-E-A-R at home with us? Thanks to ministry partners like you, we were able to send me into the field full-time on July 1st. But to equip more Christians online and to engage more non-Christians on air, we need your support. To pray, give, and go with us, visit helphere.ca. Hi, this is Ravi Zacharias, and you're listening to the Cross Current Radio Show. Hi, this is Corey McKenna, founder of the Cross Current, and welcome to part two of Keeping the Cross Current at Easter. In this series, we're hoping and praying that all who hear the good news of Jesus Christ will come to believe. So that's why, after airing real Easter evangelism encounters, we're taking just a few minutes at the end of each episode to walk through with you the true history of Easter. Because within this story about the scandalous sentencing and death of Christ and within the hearts of the various characters involved, we see ourselves and the ultimate decision we all must face, what to do with the Son of God. Last time we saw ourselves in a criminal named Barabbas who depicts depravity. 
And this week, we'll see ourselves in the Jewish leaders who I suggest depict defiance. We're told that after wrongly releasing Barabbas instead of Jesus, Pilate now decides to mutilate and make a mockery of this supposed king. And hopefully, that'll pacify the people and they'll drop the whole deal. So now Pilate presents him again to the Jews as beaten and pathetic, hoping to gain the people's choice of Jesus for release. And here we encounter these next characters in the story, the chief priests and the officers, the Jewish leaders, who again depict defiance. And biblical defiance is standing in bold and belligerent opposition to a holy God. Check this out. Of all the people who should have known the Messiah, it was the Jewish religious leaders because that was their specialty. Yet in John chapter 18 verse 40, the Jews defiantly say, not this man, but Barabbas. So here are the Jews, Jesus' own people, the lost sheep of Israel whom he came to save in bloodthirsty opposition to God, totally defiant right to the bitter end. And they again cry out in verse 15, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Now, let me ask you again, do you at all see yourself in the crowd here? Because listen carefully to how God describes how all people stand in opposition to him before coming to Christ. Ephesians chapter 2. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Colossians 1.21 And you who were once alienated and hostile in mind doing evil deeds. I said in part one of this series that the only way we come to believe in Jesus unto eternal life is by seeing clearly our personal involvement in his excruciating death. And like the Jewish leaders, we all stand in defiant opposition to God before coming to Christ. As much as it pains me to admit it, Before I came to Christ, I'm right here, just another angry face and voice in the depraved and defiant crowd shouting, away with him, crucify him, crucify him. It was my sins that helped sentence Jesus, and ultimately, it was my sins that helped crucify Jesus too. And we see these sins depicted here ever so vividly in the defiance of the Jews. How about you? Do you see your angry face in the crowd? Do you see your sins in the crucifixion of Jesus Christ? If so, please, repent of your sins. Put your faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, and you will be saved. Well, thanks again for listening to the Cross Current Radio Show. You can access this podcast and all resources related to this series at tccradio.com. I'm Corey McKenna, in the studio and on the street, keeping the cross current in our culture. Hi, I'm Corey McKenna, president of the Cross Current. Will you help hear H-E-A-R at home with us? Thanks to ministry partners like you, we were able to send me into the field full-time on July 1st, but to equip more Christians online and to engage more non-Christians on air, we need your support. To learn how to pray 
give and go with us, visit helphere.ca. That's H-E-L-P-H-E-A-R dot C-A. We thank God for you and your partnership in His gospel.